Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com. Right, welcome to episode four of Adding Fuel to the Hire. Uh, it's Phil here. I've got Tony with me today. Hello, Phil. And we are going to talk about resumes and CVs, which is something that comes up quite a lot, um, which I didn't think it would uh, getting into recruitment. Um, I had this belief that everyone knew everything about resumes except for me. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like you just missed something at yeah. school. But no, and I think. You were just yeah, alluded to it then. It's something that I don't think many people get taught at school. No. I know from my perspective, I got oh, probably one or two lessons on it very briefly. Yeah. It's just not a skill that yeah. you get taught. That yeah. I, you I didn't get any. Like no one ever taught me how to do a resume. When I first did one, um, I started at my, the first thing I ever did. And I was doing it with my mum. I think I was about 15, 16 probably, mm. something like that. And she looked at it and she was like, no, 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 no. You start with your most recent thing. Yeah. And uh, at the time I was like, what do you mean? You, you, don't, you, you know, don't you want to see where I've come from and you know, go through the journey with me through my resume? And she's like, no, people are interested in what you've just done, Yeah, where you're at right now. And, and I think that's probably a really good place to start. And, um, you know, spoiler alert, um, this is coming from two recruiters. It, it is true what you hear. Recruiters only look at, I don't know what the exact number is, but recruiters will only look at your resume for a very, very short period of time. Um, four or five seconds. Four or five seconds, um, which uh, I know before I got into recruitment seemed like an absolute impossible number. Yeah. Um, and I do remember the very first time I, I looked at a resume and I was training on the, my very first day in recruitment um, and, and the manager that was training me at the time was showing me how to look for keywords and, and how to do it at that pace and it took me 20, 30 seconds yeah. to yeah. even wrap my head around the concept of yeah. it and, and what he was looking at and it just seemed impossible, whereas yeah. now – I'll open a resume. I can go through 20 applications almost instantly in the space of 10 minutes in the yep. morning um, and just smash through them. And, and ultimately this is where we want to be able to present our um, our advice yep. for is how to stand out in that situation because That's ultimately right. if we're doing it, I can guarantee I've seen you know, hundreds of recruiters work in different companies. They all do the same yep. thing. Yep. Um, and right. then you add to that the changing technology and, and now yep. a lot of computers are starting to do it. Um, which is a whole other conversation. That's right. Um, but, yeah, just being able to stand out from yeah. the crowd um, That's right. is becoming yeah. very important. Yeah, and um, it's nowhere near as difficult as everyone always thinks it is. No. It's really not that hard. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it all in this episode, what people overdo or underdo, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, that's, a, that's a great point is that I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions out there which probably get driven from those companies that sell CVs or, yeah. or sell, you know, we can do CVs for you. Writing, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then, you know, they have to look like they've yeah. done something to get their money Correct. Um, yeah. and then suddenly you've got a six to eight page resume which is just, you know, every intricate detail of your yeah. previous life. That's right. Um, so and you've it, got it's yeah. got pretty design on there and, you know, it starts off with a cover letter of just your name and nothing else and just yeah. a nice design <laughs> and it goes on to the next page and it says, this is my resume, this certifies it's true onto page three now and now we're <laughs> getting into it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. No. Um, and, and what we're hoping to do will, um, yeah, 
narrow that down and, and really give you some clear tips as to what to do. Um, so I, I think a really good point to start on, and it's not really about the the actual content of your resume, more so just um, just an important tip in general is gaps in your resume. Um, you know, we understand, and I'm sure most employers understand that you can't be expected to be employed consistently for 20 years. Um, whether that's, you know, you've had time off for kids, um, you know, you were made redundant and the yep. workforce was down at the time and you couldn't get into yep. something straight away, that's right. whatever it might be. Um, yeah, that's great. Yep. But biggest tip I can give around that is a, don't lie about it. Um, don't fudge the years on your resume yeah. or the months <laughs> to try and cover that gap up. Yeah. Um, be honest, have the exact start and end dates, but explain the gap in your resume. Correct. Yeah. I think there's nothing more frustrating from a recruiter's perspective um, is getting a resume. Yeah, it looks great, but there's a 12 month gap on it. Yeah. Um, and you just think, oh, yeah, is there is there a catch? Is this candidate known yeah. in the industry? <laughs> did he struggle to, or yep. did he or her struggle to find a job? in that 12 month period. And then you, you talk to them and you ask them why and they explain, oh, well, you know, I had a kid, which is an obvious one, or yeah. my wife had a kid and I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad. It was, you know, something I always wanted to do. Yeah. So I took yeah. 12 months off, you know, I had yeah. money saved up. Yeah, there's lots of dis- different reasons. Yeah. L- life happens. Exactly. I've had, um, you know, I've had a candidate say to me, oh, look, my mother was really, really ill. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to look after her. So she she took 12 months off to look after her mother while she was ill. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. So in that situation, you know, put in your resume, mm-hmm. you know, 2016 to 2017, full-time care for my mum. Or, or just explain it. Um, and ultimately it's not adding any weight to your resume. It's purely just there from the point of view of a time-poor recruiter could dismiss your application based on that gap. Yeah. So just remove that. Yeah, yeah. And the same with a lot of employers. A lot of employers will look at it and go, ah, they weren't employed for those 12 months there. Um, I mean, we've seen employers that we've forwarded resumes to dismiss applications for more trivial reasons than that. Yeah, you know exactly. So you're just removing, you know, one reason, one tiny small reason Correct. that you could yeah. be rejected. Yeah, and if you can, even if it's, look, I just, the, the workforce was tough at the time and I wasn't able to find anything, that's fine. Just write it on there. Yeah. You know, that's all you really need to do. <laughs> exactly. And I was made redundant and, you know, didn't have something lined up straight away because yeah. I was happily employed for seven years. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long-winded, but just explain the gap. Yeah. Basically that's right. is what we're saying. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, the next one, uh, it, it's one that you feel like you shouldn't have to explain, <laughs> but it seems to come up more often than you would think. Yeah. Um, and that's no cheesy emails. Yeah. If, You've got an email address that you made 10, 15 years ago. And particularly if you're young, you might have made it when you were 16. Yeah. Um, my wife will kill me for saying this, but she used to have an email address, jelly underscore babe 16 at hotmail.com. She's yeah. since stopped using that, but that's a good example. Yeah. If Correct. you've yeah. outgrown yeah. Yeah. your email address. Yeah. I've seen some interest. We've, we've had some good ones. Hunting and fishing 69 was in there. Um, Holden SSV thunderstorm was a good one. I once had um, a, 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 what a, to them is a good one, um, but I suppose just consider how this could be perceived. It was um, Oz Trippers at something. I can't remember yeah. where it was, but if you looked at it quickly, it was AU Australia Trippers, <laughs> um, which they just never yeah. thought of. So yeah. I suppose yeah, it's, it's trivial and it's a bit of fun, but just making sure that your email yeah. address is professional, you know, first right. name, last name. That's right. Yeah, you know, nothing funky. Yeah. The same goes for voicemails. Oh, um, I've yeah. had some very rude voicemails. Um, the old, hello, hello. 
Ah, uh, you've missed. <laughs> if, if I get a candidate that has that voicemail, I instantly really don't want to talk to them. <laughs> and it's not because I'm, I'm judging them, but it's more so the thought of, well, if I submit this candidate and then a client yeah. was to call them and they get that, they get that voicemail, yeah, yeah. what's that first impression yeah. like? And there's, I've had much worse than that. I've had some very, very bad ones. Yeah. So, um, which are not PG, so we won't go into those. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just at a first glance, make sure it's, um, you know, professional in a way at least. Exactly. So, you know, you've got your contact info. That's okay. That's all straightforward. Your email addresses are all good at yep. the top. Um, then the next bit I think is a really important part to kind of set the mood for the resume. Yeah. Um, and that's the statement. Yeah. And, and w- what would you advise in that situation, Phil, about, um, you know, what that statement should look like or is it long? Is it short? What, what should it look like? I would keep it short. Two sentences, maybe three tops. Um, at the absolute most, and I would just write on there something about me, where I am in my career at the moment, and essentially where I want to go. Yeah. Um, one big thing that I see all the time is that that is not actually specific to the job. Mm. I've had a lot of resumes that have come through, and I call them. They say, yep, really keen to um, you know, find a new role in the ag industry. You know, I've been working in a dealership for the last 10 years, I'm just keen to find to take that next step. And you look at their resume and says, I'm keen to find a role in the mining industry. Yeah. And it's like, ah. Uh. I haven't updated it in three years. To, yeah. yeah. And it's outdated. Um, but just something simple, just say something along the lines of, you know, this is what I've been doing for the last few years. I'm now really keen to explore something else. So I'm really keen to take that next step in my career and move into a management role. Um, Adding context, basically. Exactly. Humanizing the piece of paper. Correct. Basically, yeah. is yeah. what you're trying to get yeah. to. Again, don't overcomplicate it, black and white. You don't need fancy designs. In fact, I would just literally have a black and white resume with um, simple headings and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've already alluded to this one, the, the reverse chronological timeline. Yeah. Um, I, I did the exact same thing. I remember when yeah. I wrote, wrote my first resume when I was 15, yep. 16. Um, yeah, it, it goes back to the time sensitivity issue that we talked mm. about before. A recruiter wants to... Um, you know, and I don't mean recruiter as in just purely a recruitment company, but recruiters internally for big businesses, that kind of thing. Yep. Anyone that's actually a hiring manager is going to look at a resume and they want to see straight away what you're doing now yep. and then work back from there. Uh, I think that's how most people's brains work now yep. when hiring someone. They want to see where you are, all right, and yep. then they're going to go back yep. retrospectively to find out how you got how there. How you got there, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's a bit twisted to how you ordinarily work yep. people's brains, but yep. I think that's the common thing now. And yeah. I, I know myself when I see a resume that's the opposite, it really throws me out. Yeah, um, same, yeah. And, and I'm sure most hiring managers are the same. A lot of hiring managers are time short. And so um, as much as it hurts, they don't necessarily want to go through your walk of life with you on your resume. They just want to see where you are right now and how you got there. Yeah. Um, listing qualifications and that kind of thing. Um, you've probably seen this more so than most people focusing on the service department. Yeah. Yep. Um, obviously, you know, most of those roles are technical based yep. and, and have a particular um, qualification that's required. Yeah. How would you go about that? What, what's been done well and what's been done poorly in, in your experience? It depends on your qualifications. Mm. Um, if it's one or two university degrees or it's um, your Cert 3 and your Cert 4 in heavy diesel mechanics, um, you can definitely put that at the top you like um if you want to put down a million other certificates that you've done um put it at the end um look at the end of the day if your first job says um diesel mechanic 
at so-and-so trucks. Mm. It's probably reasonable to assume you've, you've got the qualification, you're fully qualified, and by the time they go through your resume and they go to the end, they then see, you know, Cert 3 Heavy Vehicle Mechanics acquired in 2010 yeah. or whatever it may be. Um, my advice would be don't put on every single, particularly people who've worked in mining in the past, are um, culprits of this. Don't put every single little license and little certificate and little safety course you've done on yeah. there because it gets very long. <laughs> yeah, and it detracts from the, what is important. Correct. Um, yeah, I think any irrelevant content, whilst it may seem great, it's really just going to increase your likelihood of the important stuff getting lost. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so you really want to make sure you're focusing that, you know, whoever's on the other end, you want to focus their eyes on what's important. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, it, with the qualifications, a big thing is don't leave people guessing. Yeah. That's if right. you've got the qualification and it's relevant to the job, list it. it. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than when you take a gamble on someone because they haven't listed the qualification and it appears from the look of their resume that they're not going to be qualified. Yeah. And you take the gamble, you give them a call, and straight away they tell you, oh, yeah, no, no, I got my qualification, you know, yeah, X. Yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Um, and you yeah. just think, why didn't you put it on yeah. there? Yeah, it's <laughs> the same Same with visa status, working rights. Mm. Um, you know, you might have just gotten permanent residency granted. You're looking to move to Australia but it doesn't say it on your resume. It's it's hard to then go, all right, you know, I mean, once you've got working rights, it's so much easier to, for you to be employed compared to someone who's still living overseas, working overseas, hasn't, mm. by the looks of it, hasn't got their visa status sorted or anything like that. So just those sort of basic, you know, uh, that basic stuff, just make sure it's, it's there and it's easy to read and it's easy to see. Yeah, and I think something else in terms of specifics that's really... Uh, Relevant to our industries is the brands and franchises that you've worked yep. with or even dealer management systems. Um, a lot of the time, particularly if you're staying in the one location, it's probably not as important because yep. you can assume the person on the other end is aware of that business. Mm. Um, but especially in the, the current climate with businesses changing hands and, and changing operating names and, and you know, things are always moving, yep. really list out the franchises that you worked with there or the DMS that they operated yep. with. Because most of the time, and we see it every day, clients will specifically, or employers will specifically look for a particular franchise experience yep. or they'll say, you know, they, they must have Pentana experience. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so list it on your resume because ultimately it, it might not be Pentana, but someone might look at it and go, oh, he, you know, he's worked with Reynolds and Reynolds. I have auto IT not the same, but I've successfully transitioned someone before, so I'm sure I can do it again. Yeah, I know correct. where the pitfalls are. Or I have used that before, so I know where the pitfalls are. Um, and so you just once again, being really specific to the industry. Mm. Um, and, yeah, obviously, as I said, it, not that big of a deal in a metro area where people are aware of other comp companies correct. or even in you know that specific regional area. But yeah. if you're relocating, you can't expect um, you know someone in southern Victoria to yeah. understand what franchises you might have worked in uh, in, you know, Brisbane yeah. with a particular brand name. Um, so just listing that and, and removing any doubt. That's right. Yeah. Really yeah. Um, I suppose it almost goes hand in hand tailoring your resume for yeah. that specific job. Yeah. You've mentioned it before. Yeah. Nothing worse than when it mentions, you know, looking for it to secure a role in the mines yeah. when you're applying for a dealership, yeah. which is, I think, a sore point for a lot of employees yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, just making sure that it's very specific yeah. to that role. Yeah, make sure it's tailored. Um, That's right. And, look, um, another thing I get asked about a lot is the size of the resume. How long is it meant to be? It's a controversial topic. <laughs> and I think it's, once again, pushed a lot by these companies that 
people pay for their resumes. Yeah. So what's your opinion? How long do you think? Short. Not as short as possible to the point where you're losing information, which means you're losing value on your resume. Mm. But keep it short so that basically what I want to see is maybe a personal statement if you want to if you want to write one. And I want to see where you've worked, how long you worked there for, the specific dates. Don't say two years. I want 2017 to 2019 in yeah. months. Um, two years doesn't mean much. Yeah. <laughs> it, it almost comes across as they're hiding something. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so company you worked for, how long you were there, um, the specific dates, your role there. Um, so that's another big one. I've had a lot of resumes where they just didn't put the role down. Mm. Um, and your general duties and responsibilities that you did there, that can be done in four or five dot points, maybe six, depending on the role. If it's a big management role, okay, you'll probably need a couple more. And um, list some franchises and brands. Yeah. I'll put um, you on the it. spot. Gun to the head. Yeah. How many pages? Oh, three. Yeah. Because I saw a topic uh, or a post on LinkedIn recently. Um, it was someone who claimed they'd perfect the perfect resume. Yeah. And it was a one-page CV. And it sparked a debate about whether one-page CVs are adequate mm. or if that's the future. Um, and it was all tailored towards the whole time poor argument and yeah, all that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the CV looked great. It was very easy to look at. Yeah. But I, I honestly, from a recruiter's perspective, I cannot see how you'd properly sell yourself. If you've got 20 years of experience, I don't understand how you no. could fit that into one page. No, um, no. If you're still sort of at, you know, within the first 10 years of your career, you can probably get away with two. Um, you know, you put your contact details at the top and your name, um, personal statement, you list your jobs. Again, it, this depends on how many jobs you've had. Mm. Um, you know, if you've had a lot of contract roles, um, then over 10 years you would have had 10 roles. Yeah for example, whereas someone who's just started a dealership as a car detailer, got an apprenticeship, then became a mechanic, then worked their way up to foreman and then as a service advisor, they might still be there. So their resume will be considerably shorter. Um, but generally speaking, I think you can get it done within two or three pages. Yeah, um, and I, I would agree. I don't want to say there's nothing worse, but I have seen resumes that have gone to 19, 20 pages. Yeah, I, you, I think you once just... you get to five, <laughs> you're starting to get in dangerous yeah. territory. Of- <laughs> You know, the important yeah. stuff's going to yeah. get lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you actually just brought up a really good point that we forgot to discuss before, contract roles. Yes. If you are working in contract role, say it yeah. on the resume. Because <laughs> otherwise the person on the other end is just going to look at it and go, oh, three months there, three months there, four months there. Yeah. yeah. And we need to know why. Yeah. So yeah. if yeah, it's a contract yeah. role, fine. That's no worries. Yeah. That's, that, that's just what it was, you know. Um, some people love contract roles because it's like little projects. And um, that's just who they are. They need project-based work. Yeah, exactly. Um, or it's the type of work they're in for whatever, whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, and sometimes that's all there is. You know, you just, that's all you can get. You can, you know, the work the, the workforce is just saying, you know, this is what we've got. It's four or five months stints at a time and, you know, pays the bills. So, yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, I suppose the, the final point around specifically resumes, uh, well, not sp- just resumes, also cover letters, but, Spelling and grammar check. Yeah. <laughs> check, check, check. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing worse than you're trying to sell a candidate to a client um, or even just trying to sell yourself to a client and you're trying to say that you've got really good attention to detail. Yeah. And there's an error in your resume. Yeah. I think it's the the oldest, most classic example of, yeah, yeah you're really shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. You do that. Yeah, yeah. Specifically when you spell your own role wrong, your own job. Yeah. That's a bit <laughs> – <laughs> or your employer's name. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's all stuff like that. And I'm sure it's not on purpose, but just go through it, double check it, get someone else to proofread it if you're not 100% sure. 
um, because it, it it goes a long way. Um, yeah. It's you know keeping it simple, black and white. Um, don't make a big fuss about the design or anything, and just make sure everything's spelled correctly and it's easy to read. That's yeah. all you need. Exactly. And I suppose moving on to the next little subtopic, um, which once again is a little bit of a controversial one. I know yeah. there's a lot of differing opinions on this, but cover letters. Yes. Are you for or are you against them? I'm f- generally speaking for cover letters if they're done right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get a lot of cover letters and I'm sure so do you and Rowan probably the same um, of people who just said, right, I need I need a cover letter for all the jobs I'm applying for. So it starts off with something along the lines of, dear sir slash madam, I would like to apply for the opening at your organisation. And it goes on from there. So um, cover letters are your opportunity to sell yourself for this specific job. So going back to the personal statement, we're mm-hmm. saying, you know, I would be really keen. I'm a technician. I'm really keen to get off the tools. So I would love the opportunity to have a go at this workshop manager, at a, at a workshop manager role. Cover letter is now your opportunity to say, right, I've actually worked on these and these and these brands. They might not be the same, but they're extremely similar to what you guys have got at the moment. Um, I've taken on a leading hand role when, um, you know, when the current leading hand or workshop manager or whatever was, was away. And um, I think I'd really fit in well. Um, that's your opportunity with the cover letter. Yeah. Once again, humanizing yeah. the, what's to come with the resume. Um, and I think as a starting point with cover letters, it's read the job ad. Yeah. <laughs> does it say I need a cover letter? Yes. Because if it does, obviously you need one. Yeah. If it doesn't and it leaves it open, then my next step, I suppose, from there, or my next piece of advice would be um, will this add value? Yeah. And it will add value if you do exactly what Phil just said before. You know, you personalize it, you make it specific to that job, it's really tailored. Correct. If you're just going to do the old copy and paste or, you know, attach the same cover letter that you use for every job, then it's not going to add value. It's just going to detract from it. It's actually making it worse because you, it it feels as though you're just spraying and praying. Yeah. You're just applying for everyone, um, just going for whatever you can, Um, which look, I can understand, you know, you're you're obviously looking for a role, um, you're looking for a new job, but it's not great. Um, when a you know, potential future employer is looking at it and he's like, oh, this has got nothing to do with what this job is or what we're about or, or anything like that. So, Exactly. So I think to summarise cover letters really simply, it's do them but do it properly. Yeah. <laughs> because it, I, I maintain that if you do it properly, it's never going to hurt your application. Oh, correct. There's not an employer in the world that's going to look at your cover letter and go, well, you know, he did a tailored cover letter. I don't How want dare you. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> um, so just do it properly. Yeah. Make sure, but if you're not going to do it properly, then don't do it don't because do it's it. just yeah. going to harm, yeah. you know, if you're time sensitive yeah. or whatever, and come back sure. at it later. No more than a page, I would say. I think, um, yeah. Don't, don't write an essay. <laughs> no, once again, you want to make sure Correct. that it's tailored towards someone who is going to be time poor yeah, on the other right. end of it. That's right. Um, look, I think that's probably a good place to finish up. Um, Take-home points, I think, from resumes, CVs, cover letters. Keep it short and just keep it simple a lot of the time and make sure what you're, what's on there is adding value, I think, to me, is um, the, the main points to remember. Add value, remove doubt. Correct. I think they're the two important points to have in the back of your mind the whole time you're putting together a resume. All right. Thanks for watching and um, we'll see you next time on episode five. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. If you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic, 
why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com. If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.